0: Today, on Bread for the Broken, with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston.
1: It's all right, I am here. So when you wake up in the morning, I want you to memorize this verse because the one thing you need to be reminded of, and I need to be reminded of, when we roll out of that bed, however long it takes us to roll out of that bed, We need to be reminded of the fact that Jesus is saying to us, It's alright, I am here. It's alright, I am here. And then the third part of that statement, It's alright, I am here, don't be afraid.
0: How often do you reflect on the promises of God? Are you actively living them out and building beliefs on them? Or are you just hearing them once a week on Sundays? The promises of God are yes and amen meaning that God doesn't break His promises, and He's always faithful to fulfill them. In today's message, Pastor James is going to encourage us to continue to dwell on the promises of God. When we build our belief system on the promises of God, we can walk in confidence and security in Him. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. As Pastor James continues his message, Jesus Cares.
1: The Apostle Paul would go on to later, right? and says, hey, listen, whatever Jesus begins, whatever he starts to do in you, he's going to see it through. He's going to complete it. Now, when that ends for you and for myself and for others within this world, I, none of us know. None of us know. But the one thing that we do know is that he holds our lives within his hands. And he's not worried about them. He's not worried about your life. He's not worried about that. He's got you. But what if it means I die today? Well, we don't want that to happen, but he's got you. Your biggest issue, my biggest issue is, well, where's your faith at? Is it in your ability to try to physically get yourself from one place, one side of the lake to the other side? Because you're not going to make it. You won't make it. Or is your faith in who he is and his ability to get you from here to there? That's ultimately the key here. And so for any of us, number one, we've we got to make sure that our faith is in Jesus Christ. I mean, if we're going to st- step back from the story and just use very real life terms right now concerning heaven and hell, well, where's, where's your faith? Is it in Christ? It has to be. It has to be. There's no other way. So if that's true, if you have trusted Jesus with your life, he's your Lord and Savior, then whatever the journey is from point A to point B and whatever happens in the middle of that stuff, he's got it. He's got it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry. He's solved that issue. If he's not your Lord and Savior, well, then that's your biggest problem. That's your biggest problem. But here's Jesus, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second here, but here's Jesus in the, in the boat with the boys across the lake, and they're still freaking out. They're still losing it. I love it because it makes them relatable. Because how many times in, in my life, when it seems like anxiety, like my, my world is being pulled apart, have I cried out to Jesus, hey, Jesus, don't you care about me? And he's like, hey, yeah, I'm right here, I'm not worried. There's an, another story here concerning another storm, same sea, Sea of Galilee, same guys. There's a different scenario here, though. They go through this feeding of 5,000 people, which is a, a tremendous miracle in and of itself. The Lord knows how to take care of people. He knows how to take care. Of, nobody can take care of people better than Jesus, OK? So they go through this whole thing, this miracle. It's awesome. This is found in Matthew chapter 14. So I'll give you a second to turn there. But Jesus has just used the disciples in a miraculous way. Like he, he multiplied all the, the fishes and the loaves, but he used the disciples to pass it all out, collect the leftovers, all that good stuff. But in Matthew 14, verse 22, it says this. It says, immediately after this, after this great miracle, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. So again, there's the key. Hey, you guys, get in the boat. Go to the other side. I'll catch up with you. That should be the indication there, right? This is not their first time in a boat on on the Sea of Galilee. And they don't know a storm's coming, but Jesus does. Okay, he's fully aware of the storm that's about to hit these guys. But he lets them know beforehand, "Hey, get in the boat. You're going to go to the other side and I will catch up with you. I'm going to send these guys home." So they load up into the boat just like it's any other day and have no clue as the storm that's about to come crashing down on their lives. Jesus knows. He knows about all the storms. He knows about all the storms. He knows about the storms that are going to happen within our lives once this storm dissipates, because it will dissipate. The one thing Jesus has promised us, especially if you're a follower of Christ, he says, listen, in this world, you're going to have have difficulties. Nobody's exempt from difficulties. Nobody gets out of it. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you get some sort of free pass where there's no suffering in your life. Jesus said the opposite is true. In fact, being a follower of Christ might mean you get more difficulties in your life, right? Which is not a great selling point unless you really understand what's all connected to following Jesus. And we can endure hardships momentarily here in this life. You know what's to come. We know who holds the future. We're going to be okay. But he loads the guys up on the boat, probably pushes them out to sea. And it says this, verse 23, afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. So it's about 3 o'clock in the morning. Jesus came to them walking on the water. Explain that. I I can't. He's the creator of the world. He's the master of all the elements. He can do whatever he wants to do. But here's his guys in the middle of the lake, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and nobody's happy at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're fighting waves and you're trying to survive. And when you've taken your eyes off of Jesus, when you've forgotten about Jesus. Because really, that's what's happened for the disciples. There they are in the middle of this lake in another storm, rowing, paddling for their lives. And their focus is on their circumstances. How do we know that? Well, because Jesus comes strolling along the water right up next to their boat. And it says this it tells us right here, it gives us great insight into what was going on inside their hearts and their minds. It says, so they're they're fighting these waves. Jesus came walking to them on water. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. How couldn't they identify Jesus? This guy that they've been rolling with for, for a while now. Is it because the water, the, the water from the waves was crashing in their face and in their eyes, and they couldn't really see clearly? No, that's not it. They couldn't identify Jesus in the middle of the storm because they were so focused on the circumstances. And they were so terrified of dying that they forgot about him. And here he comes just walking. Who else is going to walk on water? Now, I know that culturally they had different kind of theories and, and all that stuff, superstitions concerning ghosts and all that. But Their minds immediately go towards the ridiculous when right in front of them is is Jesus. Jesus spoke to them, verse 27. He says, It's all right. He says, It's all right. Well, why? Why, Jesus, is it okay? Because as far as they're concerned, the waves are still raging, the wind is still blowing, the storm is still going. How is it all right? It's all right because I'm here. So you can note that within your Bibles. I'm reading from New Living Translation. I don't know what your your Bible translation says there. But in the New Living Translation, it says, it's all right, I am here. It's all right, I am here. So when you wake up in the morning, I want you to memorize this verse, because the one thing you need to be reminded of, and I need to be reminded of, when we roll out of that bed, however long it takes us to roll out of that bed, we need to be reminded of the fact that Jesus is saying to us, it's all right, I am here. It's all right, I am here. And then the third part of that statement, it's all right, I am here, don't be afraid. What a great message for today, a great reminder for each and every one of us. So write that down on a little note card. Take a little note card. Write that verse out. Stick that thing on your fridge. Stick that thing on your bathroom mirror. Stick that thing in your car dashboard. Put it wherever it is that you need to see it. Before you go onto your phone and log into Facebook, or before you turn on that television, how about you just recite that verse? It's all right. I am here. Don't be afraid. This is how Peter can, many years later, he can communicate to a church, to a a group of believers that are are under tremendous persecution, under a a psychopath. And he can tell them, hey, listen, are you worried? Are you afraid? Is your heart filled with anxiety right now? Give it to Jesus. Jesus. Why? Well, how do you know, Peter? How do you know that's going to work? He's like, let me tell you some stories about some nights when I was in the middle of the lake, and I really thought I was going to die. And the one time, Jesus was asleep in the boat, and we actually went and yelled at Jesus because we were so afraid. And he questioned our faith, <laughs> And then the other time, he sent us on the boat, another boat, another storm. And then he came walking out and says, hey, 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 don't worry about it. I'm here. It's cool. It's going to be okay." And then Peter, to even take it a step further, as we know from the story from Matthew 14, Peter calls out to Jesus. He says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on the water. He's like, well, hold on. Hold on, Jesus. If that really is you. I want to walk out to where you're at. And Jesus says, Come on. Come on. Go for it. Now, I applaud Peter. Everybody's going to get on to Peter for almost drowning, but I I give this guy just major props because out of the 12, only one got out of the boat. All right? Now, the rest of them, we don't know the state of their hearts and minds if they were like calming down or if they were still panicking. We have no idea. Peter took the message from Jesus it's okay. I'm here, don't be afraid, and says, hey, you know what? Can I come out there where you're at? Can I leave the safety of this boat and step out onto the unknown? Can I do the impossible? Because I want to be where you're at, Jesus. Jesus says, all right, come. Come on, Peter. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Verse 30, but... Ah, the butts of the Bible, right? They always get us. Beware the butts of the Bible. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And in the process of sinking, praise God, he called out when he did, and not when he was almost dead from drowning. Okay, praise God, he had the presence of mind to call out immediately. But as he's going down, he cries out, "Save me, Lord." Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him and says to him, you don't have much faith. (laughs) What? Like, still probably on the surface of the water, reaches down, grabs this grown man and pulls him up. Like, how strong is Jesus, okay? Number one, pulls this dude up and is like, you don't have that much faith, do you? What a great lesson. And it wasn't like, you know, just tremendous rebuke to Peter. But he's just reminding Peter. He's letting him know. He's like, look, dude, when you kept your eyes on me, you were fine. You were fine. The moment you took your eyes off of me and started looking at all these waves that were growing in intensity, that's when you started sinking. He says, why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then, verse 33, the disciples worshiped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. So they, they made it to the other side of the sea. They got across, just like Jesus told them they were going to get across. And it's these stories. And there's, there's many others, like I said. Peter dealt with adversity all throughout his life. We know that at one point in time, his mother-in-law was very ill, and he had Jesus. Jesus came in, and he healed her. Peter was locked up in prison, and the night before they were going to take him and execute him, Jesus bailed him out of jail. Peter has a long time, a long history of Jesus either being there, recognizing that Jesus is there in the midst of the storm, or Jesus shows up at the, the midnight hour, so to speak, and rescues him. So with all that in mind, as we're looking through that, we saw the one storm and Jesus in the boat with Peter and the other disciples. And you know, they're crying out to Jesus, hey, why don't you care about us? We're about to die. Why don't you care about us? And he's like, look, I'm right here. Don't worry about it. Then the other storm where Jesus comes walking on the water and he says, listen, don't be afraid. I'm here. It's going to be OK. It's these stories, and it's, it's the, the time spent in prison where Peter is, is released from jail, and, and the, you know, like I just said, the, the moment right before he's about to be executed, he gets released from prison, miraculously set free. It's all these stories that, that build up within Peter's heart where he gets to the point where he says, as he's writing this letter from uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, He says, give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. So I think we can trust the fact that Peter knows what he's talking about, obviously, again, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But what he's communicating to us today is this. Concerning your heart, there's no place for fear and faith to coincide, or to to coexist, I should say. Says Warren Wiersbe, says fear and faith cannot live in the same heart, for fear always blinds the eyes to the presence of the Lord. If fear is mounted within your heart, if anxiety, if you feel like you're you're becoming, you are becoming anxious over everything, and we're reminded again of what Paul said there in Philippians: don't don't be anxious about anything. But if you feel like, well, but I am anxious, so what do I do with this anxiety? Because it's a real feeling. Well, I'm going to encourage you, during this time, during this season, memorize 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your cares. Give all your worries, or however your translation labels that. Give all your anxiety to God, because he cares about you. I I think that's a, a timely word concerning the the day and age in which we live. So I'm just telling you, and listen, if, if anxiety is something that you wrestle with and it's a, it's a continual struggle, listen, there are, there are people out there who know how to step in and help. OK? There's nothing wrong with asking for help. And if at this moment in time where all the stress levels for everyone are, seem to be bumped up quite a bit, which is not good for our health, let's, let's go ahead and just state that, if you just seem overwhelmed with anxiety, overwhelmed with fear, number one, give that to Jesus. Give it to the Lord. And it really is not a bad idea to bring somebody else into that, into your story. Reach out to somebody. A godly, wise counselor knows how to take somebody by the hand and walk them through these storms as well, pointing them to Jesus the whole time. You don't want to be so isolated that you're trying to manage your fear and your worry and your anxiety all on your own. It's not going to be good for you. It won't be good for you. So during this time period, until this storm passes, and we believe this storm will pass, but in the midst of this storm, I would just encourage you, number one, go to Jesus. And like I said a little bit earlier, if you're like, man, I don't even know if I know Jesus. I don't even know where I'm at with Jesus relationship-wise. Look, that's a simple solution. It's just a matter of really just acknowledging Him as your Savior. You're a sinner. Spoiler alert, we're all sinners. We all need a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. And it's just simply acknowledging the fact that we need Him. And it's saying, listen, Lord, I'm a sinner, and you died on the cross for my sins, and so I want you to be my Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. It doesn't take a whole lot to have Him as your Lord and Savior. Believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. It's a simple process. It really is a simple process. What a perfect time right now for those of you who are questioning that or worrying about that. Listen, just cry out to him. Just say, listen, Lord, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I surrender. I surrender. I not only surrender all my cares and my anxieties to you, but I surrender myself to you, Lord. I want you to be my savior. And it just starts there. It starts there. And, and give, him, give him all your junk. Give him all your baggage. Give him all your garbage. He wants it. Who else in this world wants your baggage? Nobody except Jesus, OK? But here he is, a loving, awesome Savior. And he's like, look, you want to make it through the storm? You're going to make it. But it's just better to make it through the storm with Jesus, right? So surrender to him. And you go to him with all your cares, all your worries, all your anxieties. You do that. But then as you are have surrendered your life to Jesus, that connects you to a body of believers, brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus. Now you need to connect with those people and uh, allow yourself to be vulnerable to the right people about the things that terrify you, the things that keep you up at night, the things that are robbing peace from your life right now. Bring other people into that story so that they can speak truth into your life. Find a godly counselor who knows how to speak truth into your life, all the while pointing you to Jesus. And so what we all need right now, but we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be fearful. Give all your cares. Cast all your anxieties onto him. God is big enough to handle all of our anxieties. And the kicker of the whole deal is this. He actually cares about you. God does care. Jesus does care. He's not asleep in the boat, so to speak. He's actually seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is actively praying right now. He knows. He knows. So let's stay focused on Jesus. Let's not pay any more attention to the waves than what they need. Let's stay informed, but to a certain degree, okay. Stay informed to a certain degree. If the world starts burning down, you'll know about it, I'm sure. Okay, You don't need Facebook to tell you that. If the world's going to end, you'll get a heads up. Okay, Don't spend too much time going down those rabbit holes or whatever else, all that nonsense. Listen, just spend more time in the word. We can check in on each other, so let's be doing these things. Let's be proactive during this time period. But let's stay focused on Jesus, not get distracted by the wind and the waves. And let's just see what it's going to take to get to the other side of the lake, Okay, We're headed to the other side of the lake. We're trusting Jesus. We're going to be smart, but we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be afraid. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for um, man, the reminder, Lord, that you're in control. You're in control. And and even when it feels like you're not here, Lord, when our circumstances are, uh, Lord, blinding us to the the reality of that, you're very present in this time of need. I I pray, Lord, that you would just continually, subtly, gently remind us, Lord, that you're here. You're here. It's going to be okay. We don't have to be afraid. Lord, I pray that we're smart. I pray that Lord, that we take threats seriously when we need to take the threats seriously, but Lord, that we don't worry over this type of stuff.
0: You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you here on Bread for the Broken.